Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. All right, everybody. I'm so pleased to bring in uh, Jerry Hairston Jr., a uh, terrific, terrific analyst with the Dodgers now and uh, had an excellent career. I went over and looked at his career. 16 years, I didn't realize it. He did win a ring with the 2009 Yankees. I tried to count the teams, but I, I lost count. He's not quite in Edwin Jackson territory. How many teams was that, Jerry? Did you play nine or ten, eight or nine teams? I couldn't quite count. I was able to fool nineteen. <laughs> no, no, you had a great career. Not only did Jerry have a great career, three generations of Hairstons uh, played in the major leagues. I, I did see his father play; uh, was a very nice player, and his brother I knew uh, who played in New York a little while. Also, the Mets, Scott Hairston, very nice guy as well. And your grandfather also uh, played, right? What, what was his name? I'm sorry, I don't recall it. My, my grandfather, Sam, uh, played for the White Sox. He played in the Negro Leagues. He was the first black player to play for the Chicago White Sox. Wow, I'm glad that you said that then. Okay, terrific. Three generations of major league players. They're one of only a few. Uh, the Boons, obviously, we know about as well. But an incredible career uh, as a ball player and now as an analyst uh, for the Dodgers. But uh, Jerry does a great job analyzing the Dodgers, and we're going to certainly get to the Dodgers and uh, all their great players and Bellinger and Betts and – uh, Joe Kelly, but I got to say, Jerry Hairston is one of those analysts uh, who's not afraid to report stuff. Uh, you know, it gets me in trouble sometimes reporting stuff on Twitter, but he's a good reporter. <laughs> he does a nice job yeah. on, on Twitter. Very good, right, Tony? And uh, yes. he reported that the uh, 
the Marlins were seen out at a club in Atlanta and that the uh, the Cardinals uh, went to a casino uh, while they were on their trip uh, in, at the, in the Twin Cities. Uh, I do know independently, I've confirmed he was ahead. Good for him on the casino. I do know that is correct on the Cardinals. I have not confirmed it. I don't have uh, good club sources in Atlanta, so I don't know exactly <laughs> about that one. But, uh, <laughs> tell me. Tell me, uh, tell me about your reporting, uh, sidelight. You don't get paid any extra for it, but uh, uh, are you able to do it? Okay, because I'm on Twitter. When I report something negative, I get I get crushed like that. But uh, how did yeah. it go for you? And uh, tell me how that came about. How were you able to come up with that? With that, I mean, you can't reveal your sources. I know, but uh, tell me about. It. Well, yeah. Well, well, first of all, Tony knows this. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, there's two things I tw- tweet about. The Dodgers and Michael Jordan. Uh, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, you grew up in Chicago, right? I mean, your dad, you know, your dad played right in Chicago. So I, it's understandable. And Michael Jordan with that last dance, I'm almost, I'm not convinced. I'm almost convinced that he may be almost as good as LeBron. I'm not sure, but go ahead. You know, John, now we're going to take this to a whole <laughs> Don't get him started, John. <laughs> Don't get him started. I knew that was coming. I know. I follow him. I know. <laughs> I have a lot of friends in the NBA, too. You know, Jordan's without question the best. But, you know, just to give back to, you know, the reporter. Listen, I am not a reporter. You know, I, I don't report stuff. I didn't take what I tweeted lightly. You know, what I did was when I heard from a couple, I mean, reliable sources what was going on, I was stunned. So what I did was I kind of sent out texts around uh, baseball hey, this is what I'm hearing It's going on. Is this true? Because I was so shocked because I, I, I follow the Dodgers. I know what they're doing. I follow, follow other clubs. They've all created a mini bubble. You know what I'm saying? It's from the stadium to the hotel or stadium to the house. That's it. So when I heard what was going on with the two particular clubs, I was blown away. So I said, okay, let me send some other text messages out to people that are in the know, okay, that are really would know. And, you know, I got text messages the very next morning from a couple people. And they said, man, it's even worse than you think. I was like, what? <laughs> and so if you see my tweet, I didn't really, you know, go in. I just touched on a couple things. The reason why I did that, I was urged by a couple people that are in the game. Hey, please get this out here. Please get this out here. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to shut us down. And I think it was, you know, from the, the people that wanted me to tweet that out, you know, I, I thought I was more defending the teams that were doing things the right way that want to continue right. to play. You know, and and Tony, you know this. I, I don't. I'm not a rat. I don't dying people out. I didn't mention no names. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mention players. But it was more like, man, this is a serious thing, man. We're trying to play in a pandemic. We're trying to do things the right way, and you can't go out there, you know, acting. Uh, a certain way and expect things to be okay. And then in the meantime, you know, because ESPN just did the article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, the president for the card says, hey, they could have had it anyway. They could have, I mean, they could have had it in other ways. They could have had it at the grocery store or at the bar. This is his words. What are your team doing at the bar? Right. <laughs> is that what he said? I mean, what, what are you doing? So yeah. again, I do not. I don't, I don't want to see the Cardinals get in trouble. I don't want to see the Marlins get in trouble. I want them to be okay. I want their families to be okay. I want their grandparents to be okay. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like a wake-up call. It was more of a tweet to defend the people 
that are doing things the right way and to kind of shake the Marlins and the Cardinals. Hey, man, they may shut us down. You know, let's let's act like the other 28 teams do a mini bubble. You know, you can't do like like NBA. You just can't. It's way too many people. But you can do is do the very best job you can. That means hotel, stadium, stadium, home. That's it. You know, you know what's interesting is is when I first of all I thought you did a service to 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 Major League Baseball by putting that out there because clearly just based on what we see on the internet on TV people feel are across the spectrum on on this particular subject and I wasn't so much surprised by the Marlins got a lot of young dudes on that team and there's not a lot of, of veterans on those squads to really provide guidance now. The Cardinals, on the other hand, I was blown away by. That's an organization that usually is on the up and up. They're usually doing things better than everybody else. Um, so that one was a bit of a surprise. What was some of the reaction you got from some of the Dodger guys? I mean, how, how were some of those guys feeling about when they when they read this kind of stuff? Well, again, you know, just and it wasn't just Dodger. It was around the league, Tony. You know, I, I know a lot of guys – and the, the initial report, when they came to me, it wasn't Dodger people. It was other people from around the league. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I got buddies everywhere, and like you wouldn't believe what's going on. I'm like, what? But again, I'm not going to say something or tweet something out unless I am absolutely sure, 100%. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I, I thought I was very delicate in my tweets. I even put a question mark after Casino. You know what I'm saying? And as John, you just said, you confirmed it. I mean, I, mean, I confirmed it. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have tweeted out unless I, I confirmed it. Okay. So, um, but hopefully it's a wake up call. Again, I don't want to see the Cardinal players get suspended because remember, this is a new, we're all in this together. And this is a new thing we're trying to go get through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't want to see the Marlins players suspended. I want them just, hey, guys, let's be better. Okay. The other, the Cubs are doing an incredible job, man. The Yankees doing an incredible job. Phillies doing an incredible job. Dodgers, I know, are doing an incredible job. There's so many teams that are doing an incredible job. Be like those teams. Do what they're doing. And that way, we give ourselves the best chance yeah. to have a season. Yeah, I want to talk to you. yeah I, you know, I think you're absolutely right about we couldn't have done a bubble with baseball. Just too many, too many players that were thinking in Arizona. It's like 118 degrees in Arizona, and uh, you need a big field. Uh, oh, field just wasn't going to work. So I, I get that. Uh, there's no question about that. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't realize you had put a question mark in there. Of course, on Twitter, everybody took it as a as a definite, even though you had a question mark in there. But uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. You're you're pretty. You're pretty. You were pretty careful about this, uh, and uh, yeah. you, you mentioned you didn't die, you didn't drop a dime on anybody. I actually have mentioned a couple of players who tested positive. I I didn't look at it uh, as a scarlet letter if you tested positive. Now, if you mentioned players who went to a certain club or something, uh, that might be you know that might uh, put That's a it. bullseye on somebody's yeah. back. But to me, yeah. you yeah. even test positive for COVID. Uh, be, just by accident. I mean, we've had uh, many four four million people have tested positive for COVID. Uh, not everybody was at a casino or a club or whatever. So you know, I but but I got to tell you, 
you, you, you being in the position you're in, you're smart not to get involved with the names of the players who test positive because the reaction is quite negative, I could tell you. And uh, I know the union has come down on other reporters, not me. They're, they're probably afraid of me. But uh, they've come down on other reporters for uh, mentioning names. To me, uh, anybody could test positive for COVID. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or you did anything wrong. Of course. You know, but... but Again, you can, you, what happens is... A one one just one person could go to a casino, go to a bar, go to, and bring it to the team. The other twenty seven other guys have done nothing. You know what I'm saying? What it just takes one guy, and then it, they can infect you know ten, twelve people. That's the point. You know what I'm saying? That's why you have to make sure you protect everybody. And it's very we're very fortunate that the Marlins didn't infect the Phillies. You know what I'm saying? Very fortunate. Yeah. You know, yeah. So again. This is a different time that we're in, you know, and again, I sent that tweet to kind of be like a wake up call and to defend the other 28 teams that really want to play. Guys urged me to to tweet that out. OK, so, you know, I didn't take it lightly. You know, I was kind of hesitant at first, first but, it, you know, I, I looked at it. So, you know, I'm defending the 28 guys, the 28 teams that really want to play. And hopefully the two teams, and I know for, the, for a fact the Marlins are remorseful. I know that for a fact. They're remorseful. They're being better. You know, as, as I think, John, you reported it today that uh, there's no more new positives. You know what I'm saying? So they're doing a, a lot better job now. So hopefully it's a wake up call and we can we can always resume playing shortly. Well, speaking speaking of uh, protection, uh, my man Joe Kelly out uh, in, in Houston um, ran into a, a suspension through through a couple balls close to uh, Bregman and, and Correa. Both benches cleared. He would be later find uh excuse me suspended eight games and um he's not a starter so these eight games will actually you know be of significance to the dodgers albeit they do have some depth in that bullpen but what was your take on it listen i can't be i can't say that i was surprised i mean you could hear a lot of the talk during the offseason uh from those who've been who are around the game that something like this could happen uh it just so happened to be joe kelly what what were your thoughts on it jerry First of all, uh, eight games is 22 games. So he got suspended for 22 games. Yeah. All right. Remember, this is a 60-game season. And for Correa, there were sliders. Okay. He he had no control. Really, the outing before, he threw 17 straight, 17 straight breaking balls because he had absolutely no feel on his fastball. He was a little erratic in the game. Okay. The, the one-two Bregman. The 3-0 pitch, yes, it got away from him. It wasn't nowhere near him. If it would have hit him, probably would have hit him in the back. Okay, but he ducked, so it looked a lot worse than it was. Okay, you got to remember, he didn't hit anybody. Okay, he did not hit anybody. Nobody was harmed. And here's another point. Nobody was ejected from that game. Okay, so suspend a guy who was not ejected, okay, for 22 games, because that's the equivalent in the 60-game season, is absolutely asinine. Okay, now, if you want to suspend a guy for a game or two, I understand that, but eight games, the equivalent of 22, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me play devil's advocate here because I recall when the report came out, major league baseball made it a point to tell all the team, listen, if you retaliate to the Astros, we will come down harder. Now, knowing that, yeah, you got a guy, as you admitted, 17 straight breaking balls the outing before because his command was wrong. 
is doesn't that kind of come into the equation as you bring him into the game, knowing hey, this is the Dodgers, the Astros, everybody's been building this this series up, and you got a guy who's been erratic. It, that doesn't that have to kind of play into it a little bit. Tony, Tony, you know as well as I know, a guy like Joe Kelly who didn't know where the ball was going. If you watched that inning in, in, in Houston, he didn't know where it was going. Okay, you watched the game before, he didn't know where, where he was going. He has a history, Joe Kelly, having really tough starts to the season. Then he gets hot in the second half. He had no clue where the ball was going. So what I, I say that to say this, you can't prove intent. You cannot prove intent. And the umpires did not throw him out of the game. They're in the game. If they thought he, he threw at Bregman, they would have threw, it, throw, threw him out of the game. So why do you go back and say, oh, well, you know what? We know for a fact he went and, and threw at Bregman. We're going to give him the equivalent of a 22-game suspension. Come on, man. You can't prove intent. I don't think we should go on, on this forever, but since I was on Twitter saying that he deserved every bit of that eight-game suspension, I will play my part in the, as another as second devil's advocate. I, I hope you don't feel like we're – Tag teaming you here, Jerry, but uh, uh, and you you are a fantastic reporter. I got to say, I'm very impressed. Might be a that. fantastic lawyer too. Apparently, <laughs> he's good. He's good. This is what I have to say. I mean, during a pandemic, it's not only throwing at the Astros. They're warned. It was it was don't throw at anybody during a pandemic. We can't start anything here. And um, that was a fastball right over Bregman's head. I, you know, I agree. His his uh, his control is not perfect, but. Uh, I'm a reporter too. I've heard the Dodgers had conceded that it was intentional. So, um, I mean, that's somebody's opinion on the Dodgers. You could have a different opinion. Uh, to me, he, it show, he showed that it was intentional by his reaction. I don't expect him to apologize to the Astros. Look, the Astros did a bad thing. They got a lot of stuff coming to them, and a lot, a lot of people feel they got away with stuff. And I, I, certainly, I certainly get that. So I wouldn't expect an apology. But when you walk off the mound, and you say what he said to him, like nice swing B. Uh, it's clear that he had it into them. So I, and beyond that, when he did that, then the bench is cleared. If the bench is cleared and they actually had a fight, it could end. This could have ended the whole season over over something that he wasn't even involved in. He wasn't even on the Dodgers at the time. So I anyway, that's my point. If you want to come back again, you certainly are welcome to Jerry. <laughs> he was on the 2017 Red Sox that lost to the Astros. Okay, they don't have clean hands either. Let's be fair about it. Yeah. So, so what I'm going to say this. Okay, there was no fight. The Astros were chirping at Joe Kelly first. They were saying, "Get on the mound, get on." So they were barking at him first. Okay. So once again, you can't prove intent. Okay, you can't. You can't prove it. And it's not the suspension I'm, I'm mad about. It's the length of the suspension. You can't suspend a guy 22 games. Okay, there's guys that have been charged that charged the mound that had that had less less games. That's true. Okay, That's you true. cannot suspend the guy, you can't suspend the guy for 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 22 games. Again, I never argued should he or should he not get suspended. Maybe a game or two. Okay, I get it, but not 22 games. Come on, man. Uh, Jerry, let's let's Mookie Mookie Betts exited the game and he seemingly was starting to get hot swinging the bat. Uh, he's He's been a lot of fun to watch. Even I mean, he was always fun to watch, but seeing him in this Dodgers uniform, he makes a terrific throw from right field, uh, throwing uh, throwing out. Um, gosh, who was that he threw out at third? Uh, shortstop for the who's shortstop for the Diamondbacks? Ahmed. Ahmed. Oh. No, not Ahmed. Second baseman. Second baseman. Marte. Marte. He threw out Marte at third. Uh, 
But he exited yesterday's game with uh, some type of bruised finger. Is is it going to be serious? Uh, from the initial reports, it's not going to be serious. I mean, he could have played. That's what we heard. Okay. Uh, but he had a pretty good lead. And uh, they wanted to make sure, just for precautionary measures, they get an x-ray on it. The x-ray, x-rays they took on the finger were negative. So hopefully uh, it's just some swelling. Maybe it's just a bruised finger, and he can be back playing tonight. Uh, Tony, you know, watching this kid play every day has been incredible. You know, he's the guy that I envisioned my career being. <laughs> it just you had a good career. You had a good career. I, I looked at it. It's nice. That, that's who I wanted to be. This guy has a rocket of an arm. He's the ultimate super utility guy because he can play second base. You know, a lot of people don't know that. He's a really good second baseman. He's got a rocket for an arm. The throw he made in Arizona, I mean, on a fly, literally, that's the length of the football field, 305 feet, 100 yards, okay? The length of the football field on a dime. Yeah. One of the most intelligent guys I've ever seen play baseball. And I'm going to say this right now. Right now, look at him for like the, you know, I've watched him play in Boston. He is the most skilled baseball player, maybe outside of Robbie Alomar, I've ever mm, seen. Skilled. Yeah. Wow. Does wow. everything right. I mean, the throw from Tony, you know, in the corner, you whirl and twirl, right? When you throw in a second base. He barely right? he to throw it. Exactly. He rounded it off and he made sure he squared his shoulders to get the best possible throw to third base because he knew he had to throw it, you know, 100, 100 yards. Incredible. And on the bases, cuts the corners, can fly, very intelligent. Like, like I said, he's the most skilled baseball player I've ever, ever seen, probably since Robbie Alomar. Hmm. Well, you, you, uh, you are very lucky to see all these guys. I mean, what a, what a team this is. Boy, Bellinger. What an amazing talent he is. Uh, Bueller, he might be the best pitcher in the game today. Maybe. We'll see. We'll start tonight. Uh, Kershaw, he might be the best pitcher since Koufax, as I tweeted and upset a bunch of people yesterday. But uh, Mookie Betts is really a spectacular player. And uh, you are, Jerry, a spectacular interview. I got to say, I can see why you're such a great analyst for the Dodgers. You you really uh, speak your mind, and we really appreciate it. You've been a fantastic guest, and it's uh, been great having you on. We're going to have to have you on again so we can ask you about Bellinger and Bueller and all of the other great stuff on the Dodgers, but uh, you're right on about bets. I uh, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we're very, I'm very fortunate to watch this team. A lot of great guys. They do things the right way and really kind of a throwback type of type of team. They love the game of baseball, and they represent the Dodgers well. I'm very fortunate to see them play every day. All right. Thanks, Jerry. That was Jerry Thanks, Harrison, Jerry. Jr. Fantastic uh, interview and a great analyst. And he had a better career than he's giving himself credit for. 16 years in the major leagues. Not many people play 16 years in the major leagues. And nine teams. I know he said the teams put up with him, but uh, he did a nice job uh, for those teams by and large. So great to have Jerry Harrison Jr. here. And uh, we will have the Insider Corner coming up next. And uh, thank you for being with us. Welcome back to the Big Time Baseball Podcast. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. with my co-host, John Heyman. And let's get into the inside corner. The inside corner is where John, uh, with his excellent reporting skills, uh, will kind of give us some of the peel back the curtain on Major League Baseball and, and kind of give us some, some of the insides. Uh, John, how, how close or how committed, I should say, is Major League Baseball to, to finishing this season? Obviously, with the scare... Uh, the breakout scare in, in, in Miami, 
Um, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of people feeling like this season could come to an end. How committed is Major League Baseball to finishing this season? Yeah, I think that's the key question that's being asked right now. And uh, yeah, the Marlins. We've had two outbreaks now. The Marlins with the 18 players. The Cardinals. Uh, as of now, we know there are three players and four staff. Uh, it might be updated, um, and it might turn out to be more than that. But right now we've had two outbreaks, and it's certainly concerning. Uh, this is why the owners had a conference call on Friday uh, with Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and they discussed it. And uh, Rob Manfred and the owners are committed to trying to get through this uh, better. And they've certainly made some more rules. They've hardened things up. Uh, before in the protocols, the players were uh, very discouraged. It was strongly encouraged to stay in the hotel. Uh, and, it, you know, reading the protocols, it was pretty clear you're not supposed to leave the hotel, but it wasn't out and out disallowed. Now it's disallowed. And not only is it disallowed, they have a hall monitor or a compliance officer, whatever you want to call it. Every team's got one now. And I don't know if that guy's going to sit in the lobby for 24 hours or what, but uh, it's pretty clear you're supposed to stay in your hotel now when you're on the road. I, I don't believe baseball could have done a bubble for all the reasons we talked about. First, the players didn't want to do it for the length of time it would have taken for a major league season. And uh, it just wouldn't have worked with the heat in Arizona and all the other reasons. Uh, so I get why baseball did what it did, but uh, either they needed to make it clearer not to leave the hotel or the players needed to really understand that it meant don't leave the hotel, but hopefully they, they do now. And uh, I think the players want to, by and large for the most part uh, are committed to trying to make this work as are the owners. So, um, you know, as far as how close we are to maybe having to shut it down, we don't know exactly what it would take, nor should we expect the exact line uh, that it would take. But, uh, uh, you know, obviously with two outbreaks, six teams didn't play over the weekend and because MLB is being cautious, which I think is a good thing. But, um, you know, if we get to another outbreak, uh, it gets to be iffy. Uh, if we have two more I, I think we're in trouble at that point. Yeah, no doubt about. It. Hopefully, players have realized how serious uh, this this is. And you know, one way to always get the attention of players is to get into their pocketbooks. And with no season, that would certainly cut into everybody's pocketbooks. So hopefully, Major League Baseball has sent that message, and and um, these guys will will follow suit. Now, um, we didn't really get into it last week, John. Uh, Mookie Betts signs a big deal. He was one of the premier free agents coming up. Uh, anything on the on that front in terms of Major League Baseball and some of the free agents to be? Yeah, I'd like to talk about all of them, but I, I'm not sure there, there's a likelihood that any of the other big stars are going to sign big deals. Uh, the Dodgers gave up a lot. Uh, Jeter Downs is a big-time prospect. Uh, Alex Verdugo talented, but Jeter Downs, I think, was the big one that the Dodgers gave up for Mookie Betts, and they were bound and determined to get a deal done, and I think it was a fair deal. I mean, I I don't think it was overboard. It's uh, $306 million when you count all the deferrals, not really 365 so it's less than Harper, it's less than Cole, and, but we're in a pandemic, and certainly the teams have lost money uh, compared to what they were going to do, so uh, it made sense. It was a sensible deal. Uh, at this point, the, the Phillies would love to get uh, Real Muto done, and they, they've talked with him, but uh, he has a figure, they have a figure, and right now they're not close. So uh, I think it's going to be difficult to get it done before he becomes a free agent. I think he likely will become a free agent. At that point, they're hopeful that um, he's not, you know, be honest that he won't get that number that he's looking for. I mean, he has a certain opinion of his value and can't blame him. He's a unique player, a fantastic catcher who can run and throw. 
and uh, he has this opinion, and they're right now they're not close. So I can say that on that one. Uh, Springer, there has been no discussion with the Astros. He's off to a slow start. That shouldn't matter anyway. But uh, the Astros have a bigger fish to fry at this point with all that's gone on with them. And uh, they did extend Dusty Baker, which I think was a great move. Uh, that was our first guest. So we're always happy to have our, our guests do well. Uh, so pleased about that. But uh, nothing that we know about going on with Springer. And the Yankees have several guys. They have LeMahieu and Paxton and others, and uh, none of them. Um, at the, to this point, have there been any discussions on? Now, John, generally, when we talk about hot seats, we're usually talking managers, but um, there could be some GMs on the hot seat. Some uh, some sh- maybe should be on the hot Some maybe shouldn't be on the hot seat. Right. Here's one who shouldn't be. It's Mike Rizzo from the Nats. Who, uh, the Nats won the World Series. They've had a consistent winner. They've won 95 or more games several times. And for whatever reason, he doesn't have a great relationship with the ownership uh, there. Uh, he is a lame duck. He was a lame duck going to spring training before and the pandemic hit. And they had not said anything to them. I mean, they would kind of nudge you and say, oh, don't worry about it. It'll, you know, whatever. They, they To this point, there's no evidence that they've talked to him. And uh, it's really uh, quite a thing because th- this guy's done a fantastic job. I mean, he may not be on that cutting edge analytic thing, but who cares? He's won. That's really the goal, right? And uh, he is, uh, you know, I would say on the hot seat, I mean, should be able to get another job pretty quickly if this one doesn't work out, but uh, no reason he should be on the hot seat. But I would say at this point, it's fair to say that he is on the hot seat. Yeah, Rizzo is one of the best GMs in in baseball, in my opinion. And I can't say that I'm surprised. We've seen how uh, Nationals have handled the managerial position and, and trying to really underpay those guys. So it's not really that much of a surprise now that Rizzo is uh, up for a new deal that they're kind of dragging their feet. As you said, John, if he is let go, I don't think it'll be long uh, before he finds another job. Uh, talk a little bit about this uh, this Mariners bloodbath that, that we're hearing about. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. From what I'm hearing, and it hasn't been reported yet, 30 30- player 30 uh, executives and scouts are either being let go axed whatever you want to call or not renewed whatever you want to call it tom allison uh, a long time uh, scouting executive there uh, tom mcnamara a very well respected scout um, Pollock, another guy who's well respected and i mean there's 30 guys coaches and player development uh i mean this is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 2001 i think that's the longest streak in baseball of not being in the playoffs and, uh, you know, they got a lot of creative things going on, but, you know, the creative things have not yielded a winner to this point. And <laughs> right? This is not creative. Cre- just letting 30 people go out in the street without jobs. Uh, you know, and I, I understand that the leadership there is upset about the bad publicity they're getting. They haven't, they've gotten hardly any bad publicity. Let's be fair. You know, a couple people in Seattle have mentioned it, but, you know, they, they're quoted saying they're heartbroken and all this. Well, don't do it if you're heartbroken. You know, I mean, you know, there are a lot of teams in bad shape. Uh, the, the the Marlins, for one, I mean, they the owner there, Bruce Sherman, bought the team for $1.2 billion. Uh, then, you know, the team still hasn't done great in terms of drawing people. They traded away Stanton, Yelich, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's been difficult. And then the pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, they haven't, I mean, certainly they've had their layoffs. Everybody's had to make some adjustments. I get it. But 30, uh, 30 layoffs in a, in a pandemic for uh, a team that's a high revenue team. Seattle is in the top 10 in revenues usually. So, uh, you know, I, I am not 
uh, I'm not too enamored of what they're doing over there. Uh, and, and no one should be. By the way, what bad reporting, what bad optics, what bad publicity have they been getting? I don't see, you know, I'm following the Mariners writers and they certainly report on uh, layoffs and things, but uh, it's been pretty uh, uh, low key, uh, mild yeah. to this point. I haven't seen much and, uh, you know, they're sensitive about it, but, uh, you know, too bad. Before we wrap things up, John, tell tell us a little bit about what you're hearing uh, on the Marlins front in terms of them trying to, you know, eight, eight, 17, 18 positives. Uh, they got to find guys who can actually play. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're hearing on that front. Yeah, absolutely. And they have claimed guys. They have traded for guys. I mean, they're thinking of all different ways. They've signed guys out of the independent league. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, they need to get 30. I've been told that they will have 30 on the team. It's a little complicated with uh, the service time and the 40-man roster and all that. Uh, now, I see independent guys they've signed, they'll mostly be on the taxi squad. I don't think they're going to the majors. But the guys they've claimed, like Schaefer and Smith, Morin, uh, they're likely going to the major league team. Uh, Alvarez, who is a noted speed skater, uh, is going to, be, going to be called up. He's a pretty good player. He might do pretty well as an infielder. Uh, I'm hearing Travis Snyder, who's been a major league in the past, has got a good chance to be called up. We'll probably see Yamamoto. Brinson, a guy who's had a couple chances in the past, uh, another likely call up. The, the key question, interesting question, is the really big prospects. I mean, I don't think we'll see J.J. Blade. He was in Vanderbilt a year and a half ago. But, uh, you know, guys that – uh, were drafted recently or real big prospects. The two Sanchez's, uh, Jesus and Sixto, uh, Max Meyer was the number three overall pick. Uh, I mean, do they want to start the service clocks? This is getting to be expensive for the Marlins. And I do have some sympathy for them. Uh, yeah. They're in a tough spot. Uh, you know, they're already paying 30 guys and now they're paying 18 who have the COVID and they have to pay 18 major league salaries, new major league salaries. So it's been, it's been, I know people don't have sympathy for owners, but in this case, uh, they probably overpaid for the team and the pandemic hit and uh, they're clearly losing money. I mean, even uh, Forbes said that the Marlins were the one team that lost money, but uh, I've heard that Mike Hill is going to have the 30 players uh, uh, and they're going to have a team in uh, Tuesday at Baltimore. Uh, we will see. Uh, of course, the the uh, hurricane is it Isaiah? I've seen them written. I don't know how to pronounce it. There's a hurricane on the way to Maryland. So, yeah. I mean, what a thing that would be to miss a whole week of games and have all these guys have COVID and then put together this team and then have the hurricane hit. But uh, it's been that kind of year all around. 2020 has been tough. Uh, but uh, anyway, that that's the situation for the, on that right now, Tony. Yeah. Well, hopefully, as we said earlier, these guys have have realized how serious it is. Maybe the Marlins, you know, think about how they kind of construct their roster. Have Maybe have a little more veteran presence in there to kind of steer some of these young guys in, in the right direction. But uh, hopefully this is all set. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr., John Heyman, alongside John Heyman. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Catch us next week. We'll see you again. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 